Chapter Two of Marjorie Dean, High School Freshman by Pauline Lester. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter Two Goodbye, Marjorie Dean. Whatever you do, don't laugh or speak above a whisper, or fall up the steps, or do anything else that will give us away before we're ready lectured clark grayson to the little crowd of happy-faced boys and girls who were gathered round him on the corner above marjorie dean's home we'd better advance by fives selden you go with the first lot when i give the signal this way clark puckered his lips and emitted a soft whistle ring the bell righto softly retorted three or four boyish voices Clark rapidly divided his little squad of thirty into fives, and moved toward the house with the first division. Two minutes later, the next five conspirators began to move, and in an incredibly short space of time, the surprise party was overflowing the Dean veranda and front steps. The boy who had been appointed bell-ringer pressed his fingers firmly against the electric bell, there came the sound of a quick footstep, then Marjorie herself opened the door to be greeted with a merry shout of, Surprise! Surprise! Why, what, who? she gasped. Just exactly, agreed Grayson. Why, what, who, and enough others to make thirty. Of course, if you don't want us... "'Stop teasing me, Clark, until I get over my surprise, at least,' begged Marjorie. "'No, I never suspected a single thing,' she said in answer to Ethel Duval's question. "'Here are mother and father. They know more about this than they'll say. They made me believe they were going to a party.' "'And so we are.' declared her father as he and mrs dean came forward to welcome their young guests with the cordiality and graciousness for which they were noted among marjorie's friends come this way girls invited marjorie's mother who in an evening frock of white silk looked almost as young as the bevy of pretty girls that followed her mr dean will look after you boys once she had helped her mother usher the girls into the upstairs sleeping room set aside for their use, Marjorie lost no time in slipping over to the dressing table where Mary stood, patting her fluffy hair and lamenting because it would not stay smooth. "'You dear thing,' whispered Marjorie, slipping her arm about her chum. "'I'll forgive you for not telling me where you were going. I was terribly hurt for a minute, though.' "'You know we've never had secrets from each other.' "'And we never will,' declared Mary firmly. "'Promise me, Marjorie, that you'll always tell me things. "'That is, when they're not someone else's secrets.' "'I will,' promised Marjorie solemnly. "'We'll write our secrets to each other instead of telling them. "'Now I must leave you for a minute and see if everyone is having a good time.' we'll have another comfy old talk later to mary raymond fell the altogether agreeable task of keeping marjorie away from the dining-room 
where Mrs. Dean, Ethel Duval, and two of her classmates busied themselves with the decorating of the two long tables. By ten o'clock all was ready for the guests. In the middle of each table, rising from a centrepiece of ferns, was a green silk pennant, bearing the figures nineteen, embroidered in scarlet. The staffs of the two pennants were wound with green and scarlet ribazine, which extended in long streamers to each place, and was tied to dainty hand-painted pennant-shaped cards, on which appeared the names of the guests. Laid beside the place cards were funny little favours, which had been gleefully chosen with a sly view toward exploiting everyone's pet hobby while at the end of each table were tall vases of red roses, which seemed to nod their fragrant approval of the merrymaking. "'It's quite perfect, isn't it?' sighed Ethel, with deep satisfaction, gently touching one of the red roses. "'The very nicest part of it all is that you've been just as enthusiastic as we over this party.' She turned affectionate eyes upon Mrs. Dean. "'It could hardly be otherwise, my dear,' returned Mrs. Dean. "'Remember, it is for my little girl that you have planned all this happiness. "'Nothing can please me more than the thought that Marjorie has so many friends. "'I only hope she will be equally fortunate in her new home, "'though I am sure she will never forget her Franklin High School chums. "'We won't give her that chance,' nodded Ethel emphatically. There, I think we are ready. Clark wants to be your partner, Mrs. Dean, and Selden is to escort Marjorie to her place. We aren't going to give her the pin until we are ready to drink the toasts. Robert Barrett is to be toastmaster. Will you go first and announce supper? There was a buzz of delight and admiration from the guests, as headed by Marjorie and Selden, the little procession marched into the dining room. For a moment the very sight of the gaily decked table with its weight of goodies and wonderful red roses caused Marjorie Brown's eyes to blur. Then, as Selden bowed her to the head of one of the tables, she winked back her tears and, nodding gaily to the eager faces, turned toward her and said with her prettiest smile, "'It's the very nicest surprise that ever happened to me, and I hope you will all have a perfect splendid time tonight.' Three cheers for Marjorie Dean. May we give them, Mrs. Dean? called Robert Barrett. Mrs. Dean's smiling assent was lost in the volume of sound that went up from thirty lusty young throats. Now, Franklin High, proposed Mary Hammond, and the Franklin yell was given by the girls. The boys, who were nearly all students at the Lafayette High School, just around the corner from Franklin, responded with their yell, and the merry little company began hunting their places and seating themselves at the table. Marjorie was far too much excited to eat. Her glances strayed continually down the long tables to the cheery faces of her schoolmates. It seemed almost too wonderful that her friends should care so much about her. Marjorie Dean, stop dreaming and eat your supper, commanded Mary, who had been covertly watching her friend. Clark, you are sitting next to her. Make her eat her chicken salad. It's perfectly delicious. 
will you eat your salad or must i exercise my stern authority began clark drawing down his face until he exactly resembled a certain roundly disliked teacher of mathematics in the boys high school there was a laugh of recognition from the boys sitting nearest to clark he continued to eye marjorie severely of course i'm going to eat my salad declared marjorie stoutly you must give me time though i'm still too surprised to be hungry but the greatest surprise was still in store for her when everyone had finished eating robert barrett began his duties as toastmaster ethel duval came first with what friendships mean to a schoolgirl and selden ames followed with a ridiculously funny little toast to the high school fellows then mr and mrs dean were toasted and Lillian Hale, a next-door neighbour and the only upper-class girl invited, gave solemn counsel and advice to the freshman babies. As Marjorie's dearest friend, to Mary had been accorded the honour of giving the farewell toast, Alfreda Sane, and the presentation of the pin. Mary's clear voice trembled slightly as she began the little speech, which she had composed and learned for the occasion. Then her faltering tones gathered strength, and before she realised that she was actually making a speech, she had reached the most important part of it, and was saying, "'We wish you to keep and wear this remembrance of our goodwill throughout your school life in Sanford. We hope you will make new friends.' and we ask only that you won't forget the old. I can't begin to tell you how much I thank you all, Marjorie responded, her tones not quite steady, her face lighted with a fond pride that lay very near to tears. I shall love my butterfly all my life, and never forget that you gave it to me. I am going to call it my talisman, and I am sure it will bring me good luck but neither the givers nor marjorie dean could possibly guess that in the days to come the beautiful golden butterfly was to prove anything but a talisman to the popular little freshman End of chapter two recording by ashley jane